Hey everybody, this is Cindy Fish. You are listening to the At His Feet podcast. I want to invite you today to set aside your whirlwind of busyness and mental to-do list to have a seat beside me at the feet of Jesus. Now let's pursue Him together. Thank you for listening. Hello, welcome to At His Feet, episode number 27 of the podcast. Today, I have an interview with a new friend. Her name is Jessica Calvert. You know, when I started the podcast, I said that I would interview people that I met that I knew you needed to meet. And, you know, we, Jessica and I actually only live a couple of cities apart. 20, 30 minutes apart. I've been to her church many times years ago um, for different events and plays that they've done. and But we at, never actually met each other. Recently, we connected on Facebook. And as I read through one of her posts, I just thought, you know what? I know that, you know, whoever listens to the podcast, someone needs to hear her story. And so She shares so many little nuggets in this interview, and I hope that you enjoy it as much as I did. We'll go ahead and just get straight to the interview. Today, I have my friend Jessica Calvert with me. Um, She's going to share from several parts of her story. Um, Jessica, will you just say hello? Hi. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We'll just go ahead and just jump into it. We've been talking for a little bit just getting to know each other better, but I want her to introduce herself to you, the listener, and um, anything that you want to share, you can just share. Well, uh, I'm happy to be here today. Uh, My name is Jessica Calvert. I am 36 years old. I am married to Austin Calvert, and I have two beautiful boys, Garrick, who is seven, and Jara, who is four. And um, I don't feel like I'm a super interesting person. (laughs) Whatever. But but my husband and I, we've done a lot of missions work. Uh, We've been to Turkey and recently to Slovenia, where we took our babies with us, which was a new experience. (laughs) Because when we were in Turkey, we were just, you know, we were just the two of us. And now this last time we've had, we had two very wild little boys with us. So that was a very interesting experience. And I am, I am a new graduate student. I just got accepted into the College of Psychology at HIU. And uh, on Monday, I will be starting classes uh, to pursue my master's in uh, professional counseling. So awesome and so needed. We've um, talked about you know, the need for counseling, um, apostolic counselors yes. on the podcast before. So it's so <laughs> awesome that you're pursuing that. I am, I definitely feel the same. I'm really excited about it. Congratulations. We'll go ahead and just, I don't want to waste a whole lot of time, like, <laughs> easing into it. I just, okay, so y'all, as you listen, know this. She recently, well, okay, kind of recently, shared, was it on your 11th anniversary? On our 15th wedding anniversary. Okay. For, so for her 15th wedding anniversary, she shared this post. And, you know, when I read it, it was just so real and so open. And um, I knew that 
those listening, those unmarried, you know, one day to be married, uh, those in ministry, and obviously those of you that are married, which is a good bulk of my audience um, that listens on here regularly, I knew you needed to hear it. What it was is she showed this these beautiful pictures, and she's in her wedding dress, and I'm going to share them for the post, I mean, for this episode. But she said, you know, I was I was hesitant to share this because it hasn't always been picture-perfect behind the scenes. Um, and so I'm going to let her talk about that. Um, can you share some of, you know, the early marriage part, um, maybe some ministry in that time that you were involved in, and um, maybe expectations you felt in that season, and then also to that, basically from the beginning of marriage to that breaking point where you knew something had to change. I think you called it a defining moment yes. in that post, right? Um, well, we were young. My husband was 25, and I was 20 when we got married. And I think we started out just like any normal, in love, right. newlywed couple. <laughs> just so happy, even though, you know, we were broke and didn't have any money. But right. just just so happy to be married and be with, you know, your person and excited and we were super excited about ministry. We both met each other in Bible college, and we knew we wanted to pursue missions one day, and we knew we wanted to do ministry, so we just had all these great, wonderful plans. And it was, like most marriages, it was really blissful yeah. for the first couple of years. And we decided to move to uh, Beaumont, Texas. My husband uh, found a really good job there, and so he was working in the refineries that are in Beaumont, and we started going to Calvary Tabernacle, and we were pretty much basically involved in anything you can think of. Uh, We were the children's church directors for about five years, We were on the youth committee from the very beginning. I'm going to say for at least probably about 10, 12 years. So forever. Yes, (laughs) we were were on the youth committee and did everything with the youth group, youth services, youth trips, youth outings. I mean, just you name it. If the youth were doing it, we were there. Uh, We were on the music team. We were in the choir. We... Saying, you know, uh, with the ensemble and just if there was a music conference, we win. If there was, you know, uh, a church, if our church was doing something related to music, we were there helping with that. And then we were involved in Bible quizzing. We went on the Bible quizzing trips with uh, our Bible quizzers and There was definitely a time where we were up at the church regularly, probably five or six nights a week, because we both we both worked during the day and then we were up at the church, you know, a lot. I mean, that was our (laughs) life. You know, it was work in church, work in church. And um, unfortunately for us, what I really think happened is we mistook our busyness for holiness yeah which is so easy to do it's uh 
It's such a common deception that the enemy likes to use. And I kind of think that's where things kind of started going south in our marriage because we were so busy. And, you know, when you are doing a lot in the church like we were doing, Mm -hmm. you can kind, the devil will kind of come to you and tell you you're okay. You know, everything's, you're, you're fine. You know, I mean, my gosh, you've been up at the church, you know, six nights this week. Yeah. You know, you're, you're good. You know, you're sacrificing, you know, you're, everything's okay. And deep down inside, you don't even realize that you're slipping. And so it's, you know, I think with anything, it's a slow fade. Yeah. You don't even realize it's happening. And the truth is, it's just, we were just drifting apart, Mm -hmm. just to put it basically. And we didn't even realize we were drifting apart because Austin and I have always been best friends. Mm -hmm. We like the same food. We enjoy doing the same activities. We have the same opinions on, you know, just important issues, you know, convictions and things of that nature. So we always got along, Mm -hmm. but somewhere along the way, we started to lose that intimacy that needs to, that a husband and a wife should have. And that just bred basically one thing after another. Mm -hmm. There was just, you know, there was a lack of communication. There was frustration and aggravation. And all the while, we would point the finger at the other person. Right. You know, because we were okay. Yeah, because <laughs> you, know you were involved. You yes. were like, I know it's not me. It must be you. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it was, you know, it was just, it was, you know, I'm, I'm okay. You know, yeah. if, if, you, if you would do this different, mm-hmm. things would be better. Yeah. And, you know... There started to become more arguments, right. started to become, you know, less intimacy between each other. And until we were just kind of playing a part, you know. And it, like I said in my post, it wasn't that we had a bad marriage. Right. It was just that, you know, sometimes I think people, after a few years, the excitement... And the, uh, you know, I guess you say the sparkle of marriage starts to fade. Mm -hmm. And you kind of think, okay, this is normal. Mm -hmm. This is normal. This is what's supposed to happen. You know, we're kind of, we're we're coming out of that newlywed stage. And we're getting into that normalcy of, you know, real life. And and so you kind of think, okay, this is normal. Mm -hmm. But... It's not supposed to be that way. Right. It doesn't have to be that way. It doesn't have to be that way. 
but we kind of just kept pushing it back Mm -hmm. in because the truth is is that neither one of us wanted to have that really hard conversation that we're not happy right because how do you admit that (laughs) well I mean think about it if you're in a dating relationship and you go up to that person and you say I love you so much you know you are my best friend and I love the time that we spend together but I just don't have romantic feelings about you anymore yeah (laughs) that's a breakup statement right there you know you you don't uh, dating relationships don't really come back from that you know and that was kind of where we were at Mm -hmm. And but neither of us really wanted to say anything because that was not what we had expected. Yeah. Because we were so madly in love with each other mm-hmm. when we got married. We were gonna be the couple that kissed and held hands, mm-hmm. you know, all the way until you know we were seventy years old and just that's who we thought we were gonna be. Mm-hmm. And just over time, that's just, that's not how it ended up. Right. And so, finally, one day, it just, it just kind of broke. I mean, because you can only build up walls for so long. Yeah. You know, you can try to, I guess you could kind of look at it like a dam, you know. I mean, you can build up the wall, but if the pressure from that water gets too great, it's it, it's going to break the dam eventually. Right. And that's just what happened to us. We were, it finally just came to a head, and we were both just like, okay, we're not happy. We don't feel the same way about each other that we did seven years ago. And that was rough. That was a rough conversation to have because he didn't want to disappoint me I didn't want to disappoint him but it was just the truth it was just it was you had to confront it at some point yes confronted yes and we never discussed divorce Mm -hmm. we never talked about okay should we get a divorce we never that word never even came into any conversations because we knew that wasn't the answer. Right. And um, so we were just like, okay, how do we fix this? Mm -hmm. Because I personally know couples who have stayed together just because it was the right thing. Right. And... They didn't try to fix anything. And they're kind of like the old grumpy married couple couple yeah, that kind of just wanna be happy. You, right? Yeah, that kind of just act like they don't like each other. <laughs> I know some. <laughs> you know, that you know, you're yeah. like it's like, man, you know, they have to go home with each other, you yeah. know. And so they just they just stayed together because it was the right thing to do, or they stayed together because of their children. And their children saw them not be happy. Right. So, I mean, I've seen, I've seen that from some very, very close 
right. individuals in my life. And we knew we just did not want that. Yeah. We didn't want that. And we were so disappointed that we let it get to that point. Mm-hmm. And um, so we were like, okay, what do we do? We know we don't like this, so how do we fix it? So that's the point where y'all, I know y'all did marriage counseling, mm-hmm. right? Um, so at that point, when you when you went to marriage counseling, um, did that help? How did that, how did y'all feel about that experience? And did you have like <laughs> certain perceptions about counseling going in? Like, did you have a something that kind of shifted as you experienced it for yourself? Um, I was super open to counseling. Right. I had actually even suggested it before the breaking point. Right. But my husband was like, no, there's, you know, I'm not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Because let's just be honest, men struggle with pride Mm -hmm. a lot more than women do, you know, and it's just, it's that whole male ego. It's just, (laughs) it's like it's bred into all of them, you know, it's just, uh, it's just one of the things I think they struggle with more than women. Women struggle with it too. In a different way. Yes, in a different way, but... And so I, you know, I was, um, I was all gung-ho about it because I was like, I want to fix this. You know, I want to have, I want to have a happy marriage. You know, Mm -hmm. I want to figure out why, why and where and this went wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he was all for going because he wanted to fix it too, (laughs) At that point. At that point, right. yeah. This is bad. We've got to do something. Yes. Um, so we went, and I was open from the very beginning. I was like, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get this done. Yeah. And he was actually really quiet for the first couple of sessions. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I did most of the talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can honestly say that I was pretty annoyed with that. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, okay, you said you wanted to fix this, and now here we are, and you're just sitting there kind of, you know, being super quiet, and do you really want to fix this or not? And he did, but I think he just didn't feel as at ease. It's harder to like open I did. up. It is. It's harder. Women, we just talk. Exactly. I mean, we have like no end with words, right? <laughs> yes. But men, at least my husband, uh, you know, he, it's, he's not going to just open up to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't just spill their guts. Like right. Exactly. <laughs> you know? And so if I could go back, I would have more compassion, more empathy. Yeah. For that, because I look back now and I think, man, you know, he was really struggling and I was being pretty pushy, you know, <laughs> and he he was there. He wanted to do it. Yeah. He was willing. We were so just I should have had a little more patience in the moment, mm-hmm. but um, it was, you know, it really did help us yeah. a lot. Yeah. So I'm a so, big supporter of counseling. <laughs> when you went, okay, so we did premarital counseling, right? Mm-hmm. But um, when y'all went, for, maybe someone's listening and they're like, we need this. Um, when y'all went, what was what did, it, what did it look like? What was the session? Do you go in? Did you just like talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and maybe just getting it out helped? Or um, do they offer like tools? Like 
Um, we, um, we talked about some really hard stuff. Yeah. With our pastor. Uh-huh. He was the one that we went oh, to yeah? for counseling was Good. our pastor. And <clears throat> it was some really raw conversations and the good thing is is with counseling you know sometimes you say oh we don't need counseling we don't need to involve a third person we'll talk about this when we get home or we'll deal with this ourselves you know and I just don't recommend that because you know, after you've admitted something's wrong and that you need to change and you need help, if you decide, well, we'll figure this out ourselves and, you know, you and your husband sit down in the living room and you're like, okay, let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. There's no mediator. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, uh, or a voice of reason. Yes. And tempers can fly and... You can be like, well, no, you know, that's not what I said. And mm-hmm. yes, it is. And then, you know, and you're, you're just yeah. not making much progress whatsoever. So that was really good. It was good because I said my piece. Austin said his piece. And you know, our pastor would speak to both of us. He would talk about what we said. And it was just very, very, very good to have that third person and mm-hmm. you know counseling you it yeah. was very helpful um and really our pastor just brought out a lot of good wisdom mm-hmm. i mean he really ministered to us right um through counseling and uh tools i guess you could say that helped us um books books are great yeah. You know. Do you have any that maybe y'all read that made we, a difference um, for y'all? We read uh, The Five Love Languages. Mm-hmm. Uh, one book I recommend everybody read is um, It Came From Within. And that book is not really about marriage. It's just about the condition of your own heart. But the thing is, is like I said in my post, if, if your heart's not right then it's going to be almost impossible for you to make your marriage right. Yeah. Because, you know, marriage is a relationship. It's supposed to be a relationship between a man, a woman, and God. Right. You know, the threefold cord. And so if there is a disconnect between you and God mm-hmm. and you're not, and your heart is not right with him, right. How can the three of you come together and have this miraculous, wonderful thing when you're actually separated from God? Yeah. You know, so um, I really recommend everybody read that book. It came from within. Another book, well, two other books, Mm -hmm. actually, that I recommend uh, people, well, married couples, really um, read is Every Man's Battle and every woman's battle. These are these books are not for the faint of heart. They address some um, very sensitive issues. Right. But I actually read. I actually recommend that both spouses 
read both books Mm -hmm. because every woman's battle will help um it'll help women Mm -hmm. you know it'll give them tools to help fight uh just the mind battles right that we deal with and then if the women will read every man's battle. It's going to help them have a better perspective and understanding understanding right? of what their husband <clears throat> is dealing with, mm-hmm. because we're different creatures. Right. You know, we have a spaghetti brain, and they have a waffle brain. Yeah, you know, and yeah. so it. I know it helped me. It really helped me that I read Every Man's Battle because that just gave me a better idea of what my husband, the inner battle that my husband deals with. Mm -hmm. And then he read Every Woman's Battle, and uh, that helped him see it from my perspective. It gave you compassion for the other. Yes, it definitely helped with compassion Mm -hmm. and empathy and understanding. And so uh, those are two books I recommend. Um, But one thing that we did that really helped our marriage is we uh, severely limited our media that was brought into our home. Um, Facebook, Instagram, movies, I mean, just all of it. Like, literally, any kind of media you can think of, Mm -hmm. we kind of cut it off. And what better way to cleanse and and just restart fresh and get your priorities straight, right? Because there there are so many outside voices Mm -hmm. that vie for our attention and, um, you know, want to speak into our lives. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think Facebook is bad or Instagram or anything like that. But for us, you know, we needed to get to a deeper place with each other. Yeah. We needed to have some deeper conversations than just the normal. Like, mm-hmm. oh, did you see so-and-so? They're pregnant. You know, yeah. you know, you know or, oh, so-and-so got engaged. You know, and that's what I love about Facebook. I love right. following all my but friends and they're big. Yeah. But we didn't need to take up our time with those those kind of trivial conversations because that's what we had been doing Mm-hmm. For the last three or four years, and it wasn't working. It wasn't working. It wasn't helping yeah. us, and so we completely limited all of that, cut it off, and started having more in-depth conversations mm-hmm. with each other. Uh, we definitely started praying more mm-hmm. with each other um, as a couple, and that was that was a really wonderful. Thing that we did was we really made it a priority to pray as a couple together. Mm-hmm. We started talking about our, if we were doing a Bible story or a devotional or, or something like that, we would start sharing that mm-hmm. with each other in a deep conversation. Yes. Talk about the Bible in a very deep conversation. Whereas we did that when we were newlyweds, but like I said, over the years, we just kind of got busy, yeah, and, you, and you just you'll you just lose if you're not careful, you'll lose it. Right, you'll lose the 
you know, because instead of talking about a Bible study we did, we would talk about the practice that yeah. was Thursday night yeah. or, you know, what not, happened not really at the youth, what, yeah, values. what happened at the youth service. And none of it was bad. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing, you know, that's where the devil tries to trick you up. You know, mm-hmm. you may not actually be doing anything quote-unquote bad your conversations may not have been bad right but if you get into a consistent pattern right of not having those intimate conversations with each other then you just yeah you just drift and and it's we have to be intentional Mm -hmm. you know with you saying that y'all y'all started talking about what you were studying and what you were reading and you know, I noticed kind of fairly recently, like my husband and I, we've more more talked about that. And the thing is, is he had always shared thoughts with me and things with mm-hmm. me. But to me, sharing what I'm reading or sharing my thoughts on a on a Bible story or something like that, it's it's personal. You know, <laughs> like it is, and it's it's kind of intimate. If I'm sharing my, that's me sharing my heart. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's like a big a big thing to restoring that intimacy, especially on a woman's side, is, like, can we have open conversation? You know, like, can I be vulnerable with you enough to mm-hmm. to share my heart or, or to tell you what, what God's been speaking to me? Because that's personal. Yes. What's more personal than our relationship with God, you know? Right. But it, do, it does, like, open this flow of communication. Because if you can talk about... Um, whatever an uncomfortable topic is for you and your husband, you know, if you can talk about those things, you can talk about anything. You right. Know? Uh, if you can be vulnerable, if you put yourself out there to be vulnerable, then it's like the other things don't aren't a big deal anymore. You know, like if, if something comes up, it's like, well, we already have an open flow of real communication. Exactly. Not about others. Because that's right. what we get stuck in, right? Like, mm-hmm. like about practice, you said, or about yeah. a youth service or... We probably did that a lot when we were youth pastoring. <laughs> you get so consumed with all the kids and all their issues and right. this parent and that parent and what that kid did last week. And you're trying to just like rein it all in. And you have so much of other people's stuff. Right. That's, I think, the biggest thing in ministry is you have everyone else's stuff because you know things that maybe you wouldn't normally know. And you can get caught up talking about those things. Right. Instead of saying, okay, let's just go to prayer. Let's just take it to God. And you know, if something else comes up, we'll deal with it. You know, I think I think that's why it's easy to get stuck in that that shallow conversation. Yes, what exactly. it, I know there's like this saying. I don't know who says it, but like it's about like talking about things or talking about people or talking about ideas. You know, it's mm-hmm. like it gets deeper every time. So people, it's like talking about people is shallow conversation. There's mm-hmm. no depth. There's no nothing personal about that. You know, but right? Talking about ideas and. Things dreams, you read and yes, dream, yes. deep things, you know. Right. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> you think for y'all that opening up that flow of communication and and praying together, just kind of starting back to the beginning. Is that kind of what that was like? You know, it, but better. I think yes. I think it was um, kind of going back to the beginning, mm-hmm. um, and. The biggest thing, I think, for us is, you know, a lot of times we think that disappointment and judgment go hand in hand. Yeah. If you, 
you think if you're going to disappoint someone, then they're going to judge you for it. And I can definitely say that was that was the case in our marriage mm-hmm. before. Um, there was a lot of judgment, a lot of ridicule, you know, when we didn't, you know, completely 100% agree with each other or something right. like that, or if one of us disappointed the other. And through this whole process, we have developed such grace yeah. and empathy and love for each other that there is, there's no judgment in our marriage. Mm-hmm. There's no judgment. Are we going to disappoint each other? Yes. You know, I'm sure we will because right. we're human, you know, right. we're human beings. But um, if we do disappoint each other, we know that we can come to that person and there's not going to be any judgment. There may be disappointment and we'll deal with that, but there's no judgment because we love each other and we have just we have extended so much grace to each other that it's you know marriage is a very beautiful thing Mm -hmm. if you do it the way God intended it and you know in the Bible God compares his church to his bride right and it's you know, Jesus is the perfect husband. You know, there is no perfect husband here on earth. <laughs> yeah. But Jesus is the perfect husband. Mm-hmm. And the more we try to be like him, just the more perfect we are for our right. spouse. And I think we also kind of lose that sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think we try to be perfect for our spouse in earthly ways yeah. and that just sometimes can end up getting messed up yeah and um just you know I read an article somewhere it was a divorce lawyer and he said that in his own experience in his practice that the number one reason that he saw people get divorced was uh, a lack of communication Mm -hmm. and that uh, I think second was finances and then like infidelity was really low it was you think yes you think that's the big one you know you think that's the big one that's what destroys everyone and it's not it's the little foxes that Mm -hmm. you know destroy the vine and um, I remember and just I guess maybe to give a kind of a little bit of a, a tidbit of me I remember when we were just kind of in the thick of it and things were just not good and there was just no communication there was just so much you know he was disappointed with me I was disappointed with him we were disappointed with our relationship and I remember I was he left one day and I was washing the dishes and I just stood there washing the dishes and I thought what would life be like if I had married so-and-so instead of Austin? And all of a sudden, you don't even realize mm-hmm. you've spent the whole day. You went down that trail of thoughts. Yes, you went down, you've spent the whole day 
fantasizing about this unrealistic life mm-hmm. with this unrealistic other man who has just as much issues. Yes, you know? exactly. We all you know, have it. We yes. All have and when your husband comes home, you're in a worse state yeah. than you were when he left, mm-hmm. and. Uh, because you have done, spent all day long daydreaming about this perfect man that doesn't exist. Right. That is, you know, it's funny, you know, we give, we give the devil way too much credit because that's just our flesh. Yeah. You know, and we're going to fight this flesh every single day until right. the day we die. And actually to es- escape a disappointing situation uh, in your mind it's actually your body's first def- defense to mm-hmm. do it because if you're going through something hurtful, you escape in your mind and it actually releases serotonin, which is kind of like your body's happy high. Yeah. And so that's, oh, you know, that's how I'm going to get through this bad day is, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to think about something really good and really re- unrealistic. Yeah. And so, but it doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. And you've got to, you've got to be in, and I wasn't, obviously I wasn't, but you know, it's important that we get to a place that we are in control of our flesh, that we can recognize it when it happens, because I don't think it's ever going to not be there. I don't think that thought is ever going to not come, but you have to recognize it immediately Mm -hmm. and say, no, I'm not going to deal with. I'm with this situation this way, because actually research has shown that prayer will actually release the same serotonin yeah. that makes you happy. But prayer is work. And prayer is not our natural inclination. Exactly. You said mm-hmm. that it's our body's natural response to mm-hmm. revert to somewhere else in our mind. And, yes. you know, it may be the natural response, but we know as as living for God and being Holy Ghost filled with what is natural is not exactly what is always right. Exactly. So it's it's that battle. It's choosing to fight that battle. Exactly. And I can uh you know uh there has been a lot of growth in the last eight years. Yeah. You know, I can think about that seventh year where we, you know, finally admitted something is very wrong and we started counseling and uh, there has been a lot of growth in the last eight years and I I love the feeling I get now because when I now I mean I still struggle and yes and um, I'm not always the warrior on the hill saying you know bring it on. I got this, <laughs> yeah. you know, some days I wake up feeling fierce mm-hmm. and then some days I don't. I so you feel want to crawl back under the covers yes, and just <laughs> like, I don't want an adult today. Yes. <laughs> but on those days when I'm definitely weak and my flesh wants to, you know, wants me to go after the flesh. Right. I can say this, I immediately either just start singing a worship song or just worshiping. Yeah. And let me tell you that if you're struggling with something, it doesn't matter what it is. If you'll just start worshiping God, 
Yeah. Your help comes mm-hmm. and it comes quick. It is, that is probably one of the greatest things I've learned in my life. Yeah. When I'm, it, if Austin has made me mad that day because I love Whatever. him to death, right. you know, but we're still married. We're yeah. still, we're still a married couple. Yeah. If he's made me mad that day and I feel that old flesh wanting to come up and stay mad or, you know, uh, imagine something else, I immediately just start thanking God for my husband and yeah. my blessings and just worshiping him. And let me tell you, 10, 15 minutes later, I'm over it. So that shift in perspective. Yes, I'm over it. And it has been that is probably, if I could give anyone a tool, <laughs> that right there yeah. has been the best thing that uh, I have learned is to just... And it's not even praying about it, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not even... Some things you don't have to pray all about. You right. Just... It's, it's, not me, you know, it's not me saying, God, Austin made me mad this morning. <laughs> Touch that man. Yeah. It's, it, it's not even about that. It's just about lifting up his name, even mm-hmm. if you're in a bad mood or you have a bad attitude or you're, like, you're upset. Just stop and... Sometimes I don't even have, I'm, I'm, don't even say words. I'll just start singing a praise song. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm just telling you, if that's the best tool I could give anyone to deal with anything that they're really going through. But if you're dealing with, you know, something that makes you sad, because that's what I was dealing with. You know, mm-hmm. I was sad over my marriage. Right. And I was going to the natural way to try to lift my serotonin levels to make me happy. Right. And it was doing nothing but making my situation much, much worse. Yeah. But, you know, if you can develop enough, uh, enough tenacity to tell yourself no, you know, I'm not going to take that easy road because that is the easy road. That's the, to just let your thoughts run off. Yeah. To just let your thoughts run off. If you can say, no, I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm going to deal with this the right way. Yeah. And that, and it's, it's going to be better just all the way around. And I do want to say for all, any women that are listening, uh, don't give up on your husband if he doesn't want to go to counseling. Mm-hmm. Keep praying for him. I was blessed in the fact that my husband realized that we needed counseling and that he was willing to put his pride aside and go to counseling with me because we did both still love each other very much. Mm-hmm. And... um don't give up on that. You know, keep praying. Uh, you know, maybe when he's in a really good mood, bring it up. I don't know. <laughs> you know, just, I just, I can't say enough about marriage counseling. It's, yeah. it's changed, uh, it's changed so many lives, not just my own, you know, a lot more. But your marriage is worth fighting for. Yes. And something else is, 
don't let the devil has been doing this deceiving thing for a really long time. It's like he knows what he's doing by now. Yes, yes. He is a pro, (laughs) the pro of pros. And statistics actually show that 55% of people who remarry a second time get divorced, mm-hmm. and 75% of people who marry a third time get divorced. Right. So we have this concept, people have this concept of, well, this isn't working out. I must have married the wrong one. Mm-hmm. I'll let this relationship go, and I'll find somebody better. Even in the world, even statistically, right. that's not even... Realistic. That's not even realistic. So... Your marriage is worth fighting for. Anything that has... N- nothing... Nothing outdoes, outdoes <laughs> the blood of Jesus. Yeah. There is nothing that forgiveness can't cover. Yeah. There is nothing that... God's grace abounds... Over everything. And if you can bring that into your own life and bring that into your own marriage, your marriage can overcome anything. Yeah. And so I know I've talked a lot. No, <laughs> no, you have said so much good stuff. I, I don't want to I don't want to go over your no, time schedule. Perfect. No, I think I think that you have not only shared marriage advice, but you have shared life advice and uh I'm so thankful for your story, and I'm thankful that y'all chose to fight because I know that you fought for every bit of what you have now, and um, and because you fought, like we talked about it, right? Um, y'all, y'all have been in ministry, continued, and y'all are involved now, and y'all have, y'all have been all over doing all kind of stuff. So because you fought, others were affected, you know, and even more will be affected by your story on here. Well, God has definitely blessed us, and um, I'm very, very thankful for what God has done in my life and my husband's life and our lives together, and I give all the glory to him because he is, he's the one that has our back more than anybody, Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm thankful that Austin and I both were willing to do the work that we needed to do because some people think, you know, and this can happen. Some You can have one really good prayer meeting or one really good service and, you know, chains can be broken. I believe that 110%, but most of the time, God makes you work for it. Yeah, I mean, God yeah. does things in a moment, but mm-hmm. we still have to be intentional every day of exactly. keeping that moment yes. the same. Yes. Do you um, do you want to add anything else today? <laughs> do you have anything else you feel like you want to add? Um, I guess I guess the last little thing I'll add is one thing Austin and I have learned that has really helped us is we are each other's favorite person mm-hmm. and we tell each each other that often you're my favorite you're my favorite yeah if I could be anywhere with only one person it would be you right if I could go anywhere do anything be anything you would still 
be my favorite. Yeah. And that has kind of, even on bad days, because Lord knows children and ministry and life and finances, there's going to be some rough, rough days. Right. And actually, we say it more on the rough days. Yeah, it's like, hey, I need to remind you. Yes. <laughs> I still love you. I still choose you. Yes. Uh, even on the rough days, we'll just I'll just kind of look at him and I'll just be like, you're my favorite. Mm-hmm. And he'll smile at me and he'll just walk over to me and hug me and he'll be like, you're my favorite too. And yeah. we, um, we have a, a really beautiful relationship and you can too. Yes. Everybody listening, you can have the same wonderful relationship. It just takes takes a lot of takes a lot of work on both parts, a lot of empathy, a lot of grace, a lot of love, and um, you can have that wonderful marriage that you've always dreamed of. It is possible. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me today, and um, I appreciate you. Appreciate your story. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed that. I know I did. Um, I have nothing to add. I hope that you are inspired by Jessica and Austin's story. And I'll have those books recommendations in the notes section of the podcast. I'll just say thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time.